0: This is Who's Your Ag Today. Welcome to the morning podcast on Martin Luther King Jr. Day, Monday, the 16th of January, 2023. I'm Andy Eubank, the hat podcast brought to you by First Farmers Bank and Trust, proudly serving local farms, families, and agribusiness for over 135 years. They're online at ffbt.com. Coming up on the podcast, Eric Pfeiffer and C.J. Miller with the news, including the story of an Indiana ag equipment manufacturer and a Ukrainian farmer on the difficulties of war. Hat chief meteorologist Ryan Martin with moisture in the forecast, likely rain, and we'll review the Friday markets higher, plus analysis with Brian Basting on the Hat Morning Podcast. The land of the free is also the home of the hardworking, What if this is the year you take your farm operation to the next level? At First Farmers Bank & Trust, we're proud to serve the people who not only work until the sun goes down, but until the job is done. With over 135 years of commitment to agriculture, we'll find the solution that's right for your operation today and tomorrow. Visit ffbt.com to learn more. First Farmers Bank & Trust, member FDIC. The High Ground Podcast. Everything from energy and fuel. It's Memorial Day weekend, going
1: to be 87 to 89, maybe low 90s all weekend. So we thought we'd bring Scott Heine in. So we'll talk about home heat. <laughs> <laughs> to agriculture. Anytime we can help a farmer grow their business and meet their goals. That's a proud moment for me. And,
2: well, other things. For some reason, like and subscribe. We don't know why, but that's important. We want you to do it on your own, but we're going to tell you. <laughs> Listen now on all platforms.
3: Farming in a war. I'm Eric Pfeiffer, and this is Hoosier Ag Today.
4: Their farms have been bombed. Dairy farmers have been bombed. Dead cows, dead pigs lying all over the place. And that first-hand account of what was seen in
3: 2022 comes from Ukrainian farmer and member of the Global Farmer Network, Cornelis Kez
4: Hoisinga. That's just terrible to see. And those guys are not farming anymore, of course. It's too dangerous there, or their fields are still mined. Ukraine lost like 20, 25 percent of its arable surface to the war.
3: Hoisinga has been farming for 20 years in central Ukraine, where he grows carrots, wheat, barley, canola, sugar beets, corn, sunflowers, navy beans, and raises dairy. He says so far he's been rather fortunate compared to other farmers in the war-torn country.
4: We only had one rocket in our village. That's nothing compared to bigger cities or to farmers in the south, east or the north of the country, intentionally bombing civilian infrastructure. They are destroying the electricity infrastructure. And we have a few very big nitrogen fertilizer plants in Ukraine, and they can't work now because they don't have the electricity, and gas obviously also comes from Russia.
3: The war put a pause on a decade-long dairy operation expansion Hoisinga was undertaking. After several months, he decided to resume those expansion
4: plans, partly out of necessity. We can't sell the havers. There's no market for it. We can't export them. We can't sell our slaughter cows really for a good price. So our existing barns are overcrowded. And partly
3: out of optimism.
4: Sooner or later this war will be over. Read more
3: with Hoisinga at HoosierAgToday.com. From Ukraine to Indiana, this is Sounds like an all-American success story. C.J. Miller reports now on how one Hoosier started building large, self-propelled sprayers on his own and grew that business into the largest manufacturer of mechanical drive sprayers in the world.
2: So we actually started in a garage, really,
1: primarily with one guy with the design.
2: And that's Chris Phillips with Ohio Valley Ag in Greensburg, one of the dealers for Apache Sprayers, which is headquartered in Mooresville in Morgan County. Equipment Technologies is the company that manufactures Apache sprayers, which were first built in nearby Johnson County more than 25 years ago.
1: Kind of started into Fogger, moved over into Mooresville, probably around 98, 99 time frame with the one building. Since then, we've expanded to two buildings, so we have one manufacturing facility and then we have a distribution facility over there as well.
2: Chris says with the purchase of every new Apache sprayer, you're helping more than 130 Hoosiers who work for the Morgan County Company. Not only that, we, uh, Apache has a good background of
1: using local vendors even for a lot of our parts. I've got an Apache owner that his son owns a machine shop. They do parts for Apache. What makes Apache sprayers stand out from the competition? Main difference would be the simplicity of the sprayer. We're light, we're simple. Uh, We've got a good return on investment on the sprayer. Cost of ownership is uh, very good. Resale value. Those are the main hitting points against the competition.
2: Chris says Apache sprayers have five different models
1: available. Four of them being a mechanical drive machine. range from a 600-gallon to an 800-gallon, 1,000, and a 1,200-gallon machine. And then we also have a fifth model that is a high-clearance sprayer that's actually adjustable crop clearance to get into those corn fungicide applications.
2: How's the best way to? To purchase a new indiana-made apache sprayer uh, depending on where you're at we go through dealerships across the
1: country but you can always get to etsprayers.com and they'll direct you to the right dealer to get you set up
2: you can find that link and read more at hoosieragtoday.com i'm cj miller and i'm eric pfeiffer
3: hoosier ag today indiana's most listened to farm network
5: I'm Chief Meteorologist Ryan Martin with Hoosier Act Today's Indiana Farm Forecast. As we take a look at the setup here across the Hoosier State to start off this week, nothing really overly dramatic. We do have some moisture lifting in here. That had been well telegraphed last week. We may not start the day right away with rain showers, but I think midday and afternoon, we are going to be seeing anywhere from a tenth to probably five, six tenths of an inch of liquid. All rain out of this. And everything winding down overnight tonight. Clouds hold firm into tomorrow morning. Clouds may break up tomorrow afternoon. Slightly cooler air coming in, especially over northern Indiana. And then we are dry for most of Wednesday. Next round of moisture comes back overnight Wednesday night through Thursday. Rain and thunderstorms over most of the state. 90% coverage, quarter to one and a quarter inches. And then we're going to follow that up, I think, with some colder air coming in behind for Thursday afternoon Thursday evening here's the thing though what does the cold air do in terms of getting in here while we still have moisture I don't think much however overnight Thursday night I will allow for a few wet flurries to try and break out here particularly U.S. 24 northward if you don't see it there on Thursday night you should see nothing through the day Friday and we stay dry Saturday Sunday cool definitely below normal on temperatures but it's January. We expect some cooler air at times. And then our next round of moisture likely comes together as some scattered light snow and flurry action next to Tuesday. That's the 24th. Coating to an inch or two is probably all we're looking at, liquid equivalent at least. And we follow that up with still some cold air, but no real significant precipitation. So all things considered, this is not a bad setup. And we're definitely going to be seeing some sloppy conditions here this week. Two threats of rain, significant rain coming to the Hoosier State. I'm meteorologist Ryan Martin.
0: Soybean futures continue the higher trend to end the week. Corn followed along. This is Who's Your Ag Today in the Friday Farm Market Review. I'm Andy Eubank, and the review is brought to you by Seed Genetics Direct. Big enough to get the top corn and soybean genetics you want and small enough to care about you. More at SeedGeneticsDirect.com. We'll have the settlements shortly. First, market analysis. I secured that late in trade on Friday from Brian Basting, economist at Advanced Trading. Brian, we are looking at a continuation of the rally, although somewhat muted here on Friday. The rally from Thursday after the USDA reports. And if we're going to talk about the markets here as we end the week and go into a three-day weekend, we do need to talk about what USDA had in store. It was uh, pretty bullish across the board when you look at corn and soybeans. Your thoughts?
6: Yeah, probably the most shocking number, Andy, was the reduction in harvested acreage for corn uh, here in the U.S. that we saw from the USDA. Basically, they incorporated the, the effects of the drought that was seen out in Kansas, Nebraska, uh, Colorado and South Dakota. Uh, between those four states, looking at, at around 1.6 million acres, a reduction in harvest acreage uh, from what it was in the November report. Um, I think that the, that the market was uh, shocked by that from the standpoint of we have not seen that type of adjustment um, at least since the, the late 80s is the only time I can think of, and, and that was following a drought. So Basically, uh, the market looked at a 200 million bushel reduction in the size of the corn crop here in the U.S. with that loss in acreage. Um, So uh, we did see, though, a reduction in the export forecast of about 150 million bushels from what it was in in December and a uh, small reduction in feed. So what I remind your listeners, Andy, is that this is not a demand driven rally at the moment. We are not seeing... A big demand push by any means. In fact, we're looking at a weakening export market day by day. Uh, Ukraine exports, for example, were increased by 3 million tons yesterday. But having said that, supply and demand do drive prices. So uh, the other bullish aspect of the report yesterday was a reduction in crops in Argentina. The USDA took it upon themselves to reduce the soybean crop uh, 4 million tons what it was in December, and reduced the corn estimate 3 million tons. Now, that's a very fluid number here. We're, we're in the middle of January here. Just to remind your listeners that, that throughout Argentina, you could argue that it's the equivalent of the middle of July. Um, so we all know how quickly things can change in the middle of July in terms of, of U.S. yield prospects. So, uh, good, good timely rain. Uh, can really uh, add bushels and continuation of hot dry conditions, can, uh, dry conditions can subtract but getting back to the markets uh, supportive news there uh, also I'd add Andy on the bean side not as dramatic as corn but they did reduce the bean crop estimate about 70 million bushel from what it was in in November uh, it's about 300,000 fewer harvested acreage and about a, a seven-tenths of a bushel decline in the yield so uh, carry-out dropped by 10 million bushels on beans, and it uh, only increased, uh, I think it was 15 million, <clears throat> pardon me, it decreased 15 million bushels on corn. So market was shocked by that, of course, and responded, and, and and now we switch gears, as it were, and start focusing very closely on South American weather. So, as
0: you said, not a demand-driven rally, and that may give us some insight as to why it's petering out a bit here as we talk right near the end of trade.
6: Yeah, I just think that that, uh, I'll I'll maybe uh, um, correct that a bit to say it's definitely not a demand-driven rally in corn. Um, The export pace for beans for the moment remains good, uh, but the competition from Brazil is just around the corner. They're literally harvesting beans, albeit at a very small percentage in northern Brazil as we speak. So, yeah, I think at any time you get into an extended holiday weekend here, Andy, the trade will not resume again until Monday night uh, 8 p.m uh, Eastern time there and uh, a lot can change in the weather uh, over a three-day uh, weekend um so I-, I think that anytime you get into to uh, uncertainty about weather the market may be just taking a few pro few uh, profit taking uh, if you will, uh, being seen here on Friday.
0: Brian Basting at Advanced Trading. His number, 309-664-2314. On the Hat Farm Market Review, higher corn and soybeans to end the week. On Friday, March corn, four cents higher, about a nickel off the high. Still a gain and going to 6.75. May contract up four and a quarter, 6.73 and three quarters. July up two and a quarter, 6.63 and three quarters. Beans also off today's high, March 1527 and three quarters. Up nine and a quarter, and May up eight cents, fifteen twenty-seven and a quarter. March wheat steady all day long, but finally a one cent gain on the close, seven forty-three and three-quarters. Livestock mixed, quiet. February live cattle, one fifty-seven seventy-two, up seventeen, and February lean hogs down a dime at 78.65. I mean to You Bank, who's your ag today? Timely, relevant, credible.